0: On this episode, we talk to Delcy Sandoval, a Guatemalan-American licensed therapist, counselor, visual artist, and breakthrough podcast host of the Ocupación podcast. We talk about why accessing the arts is beneficial to us all, including for healing and community building. Before we do all that, Ana Sheila tells us all about her experience in Oaxaca for Dia de los Muertos. Tamarindo Podcast listeners. How are y'all doing? You can't respond because you're listening through your headphones, but I hope that you are doing well. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Okay, Ana Sheila. we are back. I believe we're winding down the season. There might be a couple of bonus episodes here. ¿Qué pasa contigo? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm tired. Um, but I just got back from, from Oaxaca. I, I went to Oaxaca to celebrate El Día de los Muertos, and it was beautiful, and so Oaxaca has a very strong tradition of celebrating this holiday because of the large rep- indigenous representation there. Um, you know, for folks that, that don't know, uh, for for a lot of us, this is—I don't know about you, Brenda, but did you grow up your your whole life? Is that something that you're that you know that your parents celebrated when they were younger?
0: you know i was only 4 so 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 i don't think i saw it as as prominent um when i was that little i think it's something that is growing in popularity throughout so i do i did know that there were certain pueblitos that that celebrated huge like it's long been a big tradition i remember um i used to have a madrina that would when i would go to mexico she'd always take me to like see cool little pueblitos and things like this and and she told me about a pueblito i don't know the name of it right now but where it was it, like the the families were even sometimes sad if they didn't have somebody die that year so that they could make their their altares for that loved one so i know that it is definitely um certain certain pueblitos celebrate it more or have been celebrating it more for years and years and years but i think just like right. everywhere else you know instagram and everything has made it popular in all households throughout Mexico.
1: Right, for sure. Yeah, so for, so my my family, like my mom and, and my dad, where they were from, it wasn't a tradition they celebrated growing up. And it wasn't until they were adults that it started spreading to different parts of Mexico. But I think uh, traditionally, it, it's been most celebrated in, in indigenous communities. And so it was really beautiful. I got to um, experience celebrate with um, uh, a A woman, her name's Lily, and she has a business called Zapotec Travel. She's a Zapotec um, Oaxacan and who actually used to live in L.A. and, and moved back to Oaxaca 10 years ago to the town that her parents are from. And has been living there, and now um, you know organizes these trips with local businesses, indigenous uh, businesses, and I got to celebrate Día de los Muertos with her family specifically and experience the tradition of her family, and it was just really, really beautiful and powerful to be a part of that, and also to invite my loved ones to to be a part of it as as well. Um, it's really cool. So the way just I'll, I'll just share a, a little bit of, about it. Uh, so the way that they celebrate is we arrived at their house with the ofrenda, like what we were offering to the altar that they had at their house. And so we offer it. They they welcome us and then they give us breakfast and they start breakfast with a shot of mezcal, Brenda.
0: Sounds awesome. Nice, warm um, little hug of mezcal. Yeah.
1: Definitely the earliest I've ever had mezcal, and then they give you a beer to chase the mezcal. By the way, <laughs> and then once you do that, they give you hot chocolate and bread, and then after that, you have this um, egg egg dish. By the way, I love the, the 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 day of the dead bread in Oaxaca. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's very different than it is in other places. It's not the the one that you might see more commonly here in like places like Mon- La Monarca. It's instead. A big ball with a little tiny head. Yes, we should we should share pictures on social media about this because it's very different.
1: Yes, um, and and I like it because it's not as, as sugary as, as as you often find in other <laughs> in other places. But um, so once you do all that, um, every town has a different hour that they welcome their their loved ones. And so it, in this town, it was at twelve p.m. So right before twelve p.m., uh, the the abuelita, she lights copal. And she goes and they open the doors and they get prepared. And then you open, and once you open the doors and then 12 o'clock hits and they light some fireworks. And then basically you're inviting the family to come in and there's a little trail of sempasuchil, the, the marigold flower that we use for the de los Muertos. And then you lead them back to the altar and we said some words and it was just really powerful.
0: That's magical. I'm so glad you got to experience that. Definitely a wonderful place to go is Oaxaca for Día de los Muertos. So thank you for sharing that experience with us.
1: Yeah. ¿Y qué tal tú, Brenda? ¿Cómo estás?
0: Well, I also appreciate that time of year. Every single Día de los Muertos, I do my makeup, I... I, i had the opportunity to go pla- to plaza de la raza which is here in in my community in lincoln heights and experience there the way that they fest they celebrate this festival there there was performances there was art there was no more food we got there too late we waited in line for tacos and at the, by the we were like literally next in line and they were out of food <laughs> but it was a great um experience you know in in los angeles now there's Countless of places to experience Día de los Muertos. So it was nice to just see how it's done at a, at a different location. And Plaza de la raza is also a nonprofit that that has um, that teaches art and they're they all year long they have galleries of Ch- Chicano artists so it's a it was a beautiful space to be in and I enjoyed that moment I always do but the other que pasa just because we have this podcast and I'm going to use this platform <laughs> the other que pasa that I have is and I, I really have been enjoying teaching a workout class. It's been so much fun. I do this now at a gym called the Heartbeat House. And what I really like about it is that it's also live streamed. So anybody can take my class, whether you're there physically in person or you sign up for the live stream. And even if you don't make it during that specific time, you can also get the class on demand. So there's many reasons to invite you all to work out with me.
1: That's so awesome. And I love, Brenda, that you committed yourself to going after this goal of yours and look at you. And it sounds like you've really been enjoying it. I, did you expect to enjoy it this much, the, the actual training? I
0: absolutely did expect to enjoy it this much because <laughs> for years I've been, um, that's my dream is to tell people what to do. I love doing that. So at this class, I get to do it. It's so much fun. No, seriously, when I say my dream, like every birthday, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in July. So I have plenty of time, but of course I've been thinking of how I can um, leverage this this milestone birthday to make people do what I want, and one of them might be like literally. That would be my dream is to get all my friends to come to a workout class that I that I teach. So I've 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 had the opportunity to do this in different um, iterations in my life, and so that's why I set that goal a couple years ago to get the the certification so I could feel official, even though I've done it already many times. And so now I have I, I was able to literally use that. Official certification to cold call, basically cold call a gym and say, "Hey, I should teach a class here." And and it happens. So you never know. You never know. So yeah, yeah. I, I have been enjoying it, and I, I, it'll probably be the highlight of this year that I can't believe is basically vanished. This year's come and gone almost. So. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, Wes. <laughs> you know what? Cheers to you for going after what you want and getting it, just like you've done so many other times, including this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna. Um, I'm imagining a a mezcal. A morning mezcal that we're sharing across the Zoom internet world that we are recording in. So, um, speaking of like following your dreams, we basically, as we teased this a little bit in the last episode, Anna Shayla and I had the opportunity to hang out with Delcy Sandoval, who is the host of the Ocupación podcast. And she's all about building community, she's all about making the arts accessible things that we we stand behind and I'm so excited that we get to introduce our listeners that folks that may have have not heard of Ocupacion yet or have not um, heard of Delcy before or those of you that have you get to revisit her again it's such a joy to be able to talk to her so let's just uh, take it away with the interview with Delcy. Well, first of all, I want to welcome you, Delcy, to Tamarindo. So great to see you here. Oh, my goodness. It's such a pleasure to be here.
2: I love Tamarindo. You all inspire me so much. So thank you for having me.
0: It's such joy. Okay. So I thought that we'll do something a little different and do our rapid fire questions on the front end. And I added a couple fun ones as well. Okay. So my first question for you is, what is your go-to snack? Oh, my goodness. I love popcorn.
2: I'm a big popcorn person. Anything. Just plain, plain popcorn. You know, I don't know if it's the Guatemalan in me, but I really love my food like very plain.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, is that like something? Is that like a like a side note about Guatemalan food? It tends to be kind of plain. No, I
2: I think we just tend to really focus on the ingredients. Like, you know, like the masa and everything, just you're focused on the ingredient itself instead of like sauces and things like that. We also have sauces, but I think it's really about like the bean itself, for example. So when I eat popcorn, Mm. I'm like, yes, el maíz.
0: Absolutely. The purity of it all. Okay, the next question I have for you right now we're all, I can't believe it we've we have entered November this is wild I mean I cannot believe how quickly this year <laughs> has gone by and of course the nice thing about November is we really get to think about gratitude we get to kind of settle in for the like the year is winding down so I'd like to know how do you practice gratitude gratitude is something that I have
2: really been thinking about lately I spend a lot of time especially if I'm feeling anxious or if i'm feeling nervous about something i try to tap into the things that are going well or things that i'm grateful for and right now i feel like i'm in this place of gratitude for sisterhood anytime lately in the past few months i've been blessed with a lot of connections with other women and they have been strong connections and there's been a lot of emotional support and really beautiful moments and so i think I think I'm prompted when I'm anxious to think about those
0: moments and things that are good. I love that answer. I love that sisterhood. The reason we're having this conversation, Delcie, is because number one, Anishayla and I both are, adore you. And we had such a great time speaking to you. And you were for sure going to be on this podcast, but we were able <laughs> to accelerate that. And it is because of tapping into that sisterhood and, and what's possible. So that energy, that gratitude, you are exuding it. And I think of gratitude when I think of this time that we're spending, spending together right now. Thank
2: you. You know, I have to say that sometimes you just click with people and you just connect. And it was such, a, such an honor to meet you both, but I didn't expect it to be so organic. Like, it felt like I knew you for years. So thank you so much for saying the same.
0: Can't wait for more in-person hangs. Um, Okay, the next question, you know this one, but what gets your matraca? What is something you're celebrating? Big, small, trivial, important, doesn't matter. Yeah, matracas, matracas. I want to give matracas to retreats.
2: I recently went Uh on a retreat um, that was from the author of Jefa and Training, uh, Ashley Stoyanov-Ojeda, put together this this retreat. And I went, and it was in Morelia, Michoacan. And speaking of sisterhood, there were all of these creative people that were there on this retreat with me. And I tend to be a little bit more shy. So I, I went and it was like I saw a new side of myself. I was out there. I was talking. I was connecting. I was experiencing Morelia. And I feel like sometimes you need to take a leap of faith. And put yourself in a situation that you're not used to to really see what you can do and what can happen, right? And so, matracas to retreats and to people who put them together.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. I think, too, there's like this magic that can happen when you're entering a new space. You really do get a chance to reinvent. You can still be authentic, but maybe it's like, okay, what about me am I going to present here? And it's it's so much fun to just see what comes out sometimes or you might surprise yourself. So I I think that's a fantastic matraca. And then, of course, what goes in la basura? What are you canceling? What are you done with?
2: Yeah, you know what I'm done with? I am done with companies and publications that only include Latin people during Hispanic History Month. I feel like I just got out of Hispanic History Month and I had so many opportunities to talk and to engage and to be featured and and then it sort of like immediately slows down after Hispanic Heritage Month and I think like there's so much for us to offer and we're such a large part of American culture that it it's astonishing that the rest of the year we're sort of like there isn't a lot going on. And, and then everyone's exhausted in, during this month because it's clear that we're given more more time. And so I feel like, hey, include us all year. We're here all year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Double down on that basura. And then um, lastly, on these rapid fire questions, how are you getting your calma? What keeps you grounded?
2: Oh, I have to say, you know, I'm a big music listener, and I love these old like rancheras. Like, I love waking up in the morning and listening to a good like Chavela Vargas album, and really letting the words sink in. And I, I was recently around a mariachi, and I was really letting the words sink in. It was so beautiful; I almost cried. And so, for me, like tapping into the creativity of others is is one way that I get my calma.
0: Yes. I always think of Chavela Vargas around this time as well because like her, her rendition of Jorona is like is gorgeous and it just really hits that melancholy, that 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 yearning that that um, I think is a feeling that I get into during the los muertos during those festivities. So love that you mentioned her.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think of her too during this time.
0: Yes. Phenomenal. Okay. So now, um, Leo, I want our listeners to get to know a little bit more about Ocupación. So tell us, what is the vision behind Ocupación, this lovely podcast? How did it start? Tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah. So occupation is sort of like this intersection between occupation, passion and occupying space. And where this comes from for me is that, you know, there's so many people that I grew up with who are sort of naturally creative. A lot of people from our community, people of many roots who are so full of life and so many options for expression are not necessarily at your reach, right? And if they are at your reach, like, let's say you had an arts program in school, a lot of times you would hear from your family that maybe the arts was not something that you could pursue and that you should look for something that was more lucrative. And even if you didn't have a family that did that, sometimes we do it to ourselves as first-generation Americans, like this pressure to to live up to the sacrifice that your parents have made. And so sometimes it doesn't feel like the arts will get you there. So for me, this was about creating something that could show that this is doable, that it's not just that we're these creative beings, but that we could make a living doing this. And we could protect ourselves and, and live our lives and have political voice and choice and all of these things while being artists. And so uh, that's how Ocupacion was born. It started with this idea during the, during the pandemic where I couldn't really access these spaces and I was sort of missing the community. I started looking into podcasts as a way to feel connected. Tamarindo actually was one of them that really helped me to feel connected. And But I realized that, you know, our voices weren't really out there a whole lot. And so I, I thought, well, why not me? Why can't I create something? And it sort of evolved from there.
0: Lovely. I love that. And um, as you're encountering these conversations with creative people, what are, um, if, if anything stands out, what are some of the barriers? I mean, you kind of touched on it, that maybe it's like our, our own barriers or, or maybe there's pressure um, for, uh, for being first gen. But what what are some other common themes, some of the barriers that have um shown up for people that had to maybe stall on their creative ambitions? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it has to do, you know, obviously there are financial
2: barriers and there's access to education and to all of these different things. A lot of times, you know, you're helping your parents, you're working right off the bat when you get to the country. There are lots of reasons, but I think one really interesting reason that I've come across is sort of like the belief in yourself and the comfort with vulnerability because as an artist you know you're really taking your internal world and you're turning it into something that you share with the external world and that's scary it's a scary thing to do that level of authenticity it it can be really intimidating and so believing that what you have to say is enough that it's important enough to connect with someone um, i think that's that's a barrier
0: Absolutely. And and, um, you happen to be a therapist. So I think that's really excellent that you can um, lift up the intersection between art and healing and art and therapy. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that's,
2: I think that's a really big part of the show. You know, when I started the show, I didn't think that I was going to bring my mental health background into the show, but it's sort of inevitably, inevitably happens, right? Because people, when they start talking about their origin story, or the people that helped them get there, or what their pieces mean to them or mean to the world, like, clearly, that's an emotional conversation. And so we've been able to get there a lot in these conversations. I think that, mental health is really about connection right people are looking to connect to themselves to purpose to others and interestingly enough that's also what art does right it's about connecting to yourself to purpose to others and so there is this very clear intersection and creative expression when people really tap into who they are and they put that on canvas or in music and they share it and connect with others and connect that pain or that joy it can be really cathartic really releasing and really healing some of the happiest people that I've seen or people who have expressed happy moments have also like really been able to dive deep into those moments of pain or trauma, you know, through through the experience of creating art or engaging in someone else's art.
0: Yeah, be- beautiful. I'm, And um, I would like to talk a little bit about, you know, we, you touched on some of the barriers. You're clearly uh, articulating here some of the benefits of of art for healing what can we as a society, what can we do so that we can um, make art more accessible, make people more aware of the healing benefits of art and and remove some of those barriers that exist for creative people and artists? What, well, how can we all... Play a role here yeah I mean that's an excellent question I
2: feel like there could be a whole episode on that because there's so many ways from like the way that you vote to the way that you support like different research that goes into you know bringing arts education to schools and the way you can support by going out and buying tickets to things and being present you know if, if you see an author and they write a book I buy that book right be be part of of supporting local artists um, but I think I think there's also something here here around raising awareness because a lot of folks really think of art as something formal that it's this formal training right you're a professional dancer and so if if it's formal, then that's a barrier, right? Because then it it requires all of these steps to access it. But the good thing about art is that it really is a great equalizer. It's accessible to anyone at any time. And it just requires you to express your inner world. And anyone can do that, right? So the idea that you can join in on something beautiful every day that inspires you and share it with the world, it's more accessible than ever through social media. So I encourage people to really engage in the art that you see around you, but also think through the things that you naturally love and that naturally move you and start figuring out how do I document them? How do I share them with the world?
0: Anna Shayla and I love reading books, and we love supporting Latina-led small businesses. You can join us in doing both by ordering books from SholoBooks.com. Sholo Books amplifies intersectional and anti-colonialist literature written by Black, Indigenous, and people of color through the selling, promotion, and celebration of books from around the world. Right now, you can order books like Olga Dies Dreaming, You Sound Like a White Girl, and para chicas fuertes de corazón tierno y piel canela, the Spanish version of For Brown Girls with Sharp Edges and Tender Hearts. You can get ten percent off your entire order when you use the offer code Tamarindo at checkout. That's Tamarindo, all caps, at checkout at Sholobooks.com. And you can also get the link to this bookstore both on our website and on the notes of this episode. Lots of takeaways there. I, I want to um, share with our listeners that a few years ago, I, I I decided to like, I literally it was an intentional decision, like, wow, I live in Los Angeles. There is so much access to low cost art and performers and comedy and theater and the arts. There's just so much. So I decided to invest, you know, literally buy tickets because I think I, I, I it was sort of like there was always like, oh, God, that's not a worthy way to spend my money, right? That was like the the mentality. It seemed, it seemed like such a luxury. But ever since I've been really intentional about buying tickets, supporting artists, I mean, I've tapped into, and, and the other thing I do is I I really intentionally look for supporting Latinas or women of color. And it's just been a marvelous um Uh, well of of beauty that I've tapped into. And so I really do want to encourage folks to support artists, to pay those $15. Sometimes there's very affordable options. There's a lot of free options, but to make that time to really be um, in conversation with art, It's it's wonderful. And you and I'm not like I always it's even intimidating to speak of it right now because I don't consider myself as someone that is, you know, ever took an art appreciation course or anything like that. But even talking myself out of self, talking myself out of going to the arts has been really great. So just go, just go be with artists, look at the art. Accept it, bring it in, and and invest in artists. is, yeah. is and my, you know, thank you for takeaway. saying,
2: thank you for being honest and saying like this is intimidating and vulnerable because I think that's what I'm talking about. Like I'm really a creativity advocate for that reason because. It feels like something you should know about. Right. Like even just to talk about art is like, oh, do I need to know like the artists and the latest, you know, what's going on at the Met and what's going on at MoMA. Right. And and that's not really what we're talking about so much. What we're talking about really is like, do you, for example, in your case, right, like conversation is an art form right? You being able to engage me in this conversation, and the way you're articulating your thoughts is an art form in and of itself. Everybody in their daily life to some degree, even putting an outfit together, styling yourself, right? All of this is an art form that we engage in. And the more we talk about it, the more it becomes clear that that there isn't a barrier to engaging in these things. And I also think that if you don't have any money, for example, like I, you know, if you, if you want to figure out how to support art and you don't have the the funds to go buy tickets, let's say there are so many ways, like for instance, if you see somebody online and they're posting something that they're doing and creating, like just liking it, commenting on it, sharing it with other people can be a big opportunity for this artist to be able to, to fund their life with what they're doing. And so, um, you know, reading about something and then blogging about it or talking to people about it. That's really a great way to support artists.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, there's low cost, no cost ways to still be in conversation and supporting artists. I really love that. Well, I want to go way, way, way back, but... Um, Something that I read in your bio and that I got to know about you is, first of all, you're based in New York, but you grew up in the 818 in the Valley here in Los yes, Angeles. Shout out how to the 818. Has the, Yes, shout out to the <laughs> 818. How has um, your upbringing, where you grew up, the community, the spaces that you've been in, how does that inform your work today?
2: hundred percent. I mean, in so many ways, I can't even imagine not having grown up in the San Fernando Valley and being who I am because the Valley is a place, I think it's uh, people have sort of misconceptions or maybe don't know a lot about the Valley, but the San Fernando Valley uh, in which is in LA um, there are so many murals everywhere, and there are backyard shows that happen, and musicians everywhere. There are writers and poets on street corners. We have, you know, poetry readings and things. There's this great place called the Chucha's Cultural Center um, that has a lot of art and art engagement. When I was growing up there, we would have art shows in people's houses. You know, we would go to people's backyards and like look at what their abuelitas had made, you know, things like that. I mean, there was so much art all the time and it it was just exuding from everybody. We talked about it all the time. There were lots of subcultures. And at the same time, it was an extremely working class neighborhood. So you had people whose parents never had days off, people who themselves never had days off, two, three jobs, you know, my family included. So there was a lot of maybe coping or expressing what was happening through the arts while also really not having the time to engage in the arts formally. And, and so watching that, right, watching people who were in extreme need of joy and connection and humanity and expression and figuring out anyway how to create this grassroots effort to express themselves, it was this explosive magical world of possibility that I saw and at the same time made me realize how excluded we were from the opportunities to make a living from this kind of expression because we didn't have access
0: to the formalization. Yeah no thank you thank you for painting that picture um, as you're speaking I'm realizing, I believe Judy Baca's mural, The Wall, is, in, is in, in the Valley. And I know there's a couple of other nonprofits that I happen to be connected to through the work that I do that are doing work to, to bring more of the arts to the Valley. So it's, it's great for you to tell us a little bit more about that. Are there other groups that you know?
2: Well, you know, shout out to Levi Ponce and Ra Azul and Erica Friend and all of these different, uh, Christy Sandoval, all of these different artists that have gotten together and created these collectives to bring beautiful murals that really connect and represent the community there.
0: So we're wrapping up the year. We're looking at 2023 right around the corner. What are some of the short term goals that you have for Ocupacion or, or even for you personally?
2: Yeah, well, I think personally, I really want to collaborate more and partner more. I'm a collaborative person by nature, but I think that Ocupacion has a lot to offer other people who are doing something similar, you know, folks in the mental health space, people in the wellness space, like, you know, podcasts like yours and doing things together. And so that there's this real sense of community, because I think podcasting is something that a lot of times feels like it's isolating or you're kind of doing it on your own, but there's so much possibility for community here. And I would love to see Ocupacion joining forces to create, you know, festivals, maybe our own retreats, like uh, live events and things where we can really start to help people network and find each other.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the, what I really enjoyed the pandemic, the biggest gift of the pandemic gave me <laughs> is um, is being able to break out of this idea that the the guests needed to be in studio with me. Just the fact that we can join virtually has expanded our world and obviously has connected us to you. So there is ways to to access community through podcasting. And, and we love the world of possibilities i'm I'm sure you all are hearing it here that there's probably going to be some collaboration, some more work of Tamarina and Ocupación down the road, but I'm excited to to see what's what's in store for us around the corner. now, lastly, um are there any any other announcements, any other um, in pieces of information that you want the listeners to know about Ocupación or about you? What else can we let the listeners know about?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the best thing that Ocupacion is offering right now is the opportunity to discover, right? If you come on like the, uh, Ocupacion's Instagram or you listen to Ocupacion, like you're going to see all of these different artists, you know, writers and filmmakers, all of these people being showcased, and then it's you start to follow them and then you're discovering all of these new worlds and somehow you start to see the intersection of all of these spaces and how they're really is almost like a renaissance happening right now with our community and having access to the arts. And so I invite you to, you know, if you follow Ocupacion already, or if you don't, like, don't just follow Ocupacion, like come on Ocupacion and follow the other artists that are being showcased, right? Like listen to everybody and and discover what's out there, what's out there for, for inspiration.
0: Thank you so much. This was so lovely. I absolutely loved getting to talk to you again. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, we hope you all enjoyed that conversation. So now let's get into our matracas, basuras and and calmas. I'll start off with my matraca. So I'm going to give my matraca. I'm going to give my matraca to Zapotec Travel by Lily, who I spoke about already. Um, I just... It just felt awesome to support indigenous local women owned businesses. And one thing that I really love about Lily is that um, if y'all have not been to Oaxaca, it's becoming a very touristy place. And, and uh, along with that, you know, exploitation of different communities, things like that. And one thing that I love about how Lily runs her business is that a lot of other tour guides charge um, communities to you know bring people by and, and show them their their um you know weaving business or whatever is their tradition in, in in their particular town but Lily actually pays um the communities and the and the businesses and then in addition brings business to these communities so just you know just thinking about just supporting indigenous local women owned businesses who are running businesses in, in sustainable ways for, for the actual communities so shout out to her
0: matraka to that it sounds amazing now Anushayla, what about your basura
1: my basura. Okay, I'm gonna sound a little Grinchy, <laughs> but you know, we just passed Dia de los Muertos. We just passed, kind of like we're we're stepping into to Christmas season, and I just really, even though you know we're Mexican red red, white, and green are colors, but I just, I I don't like going into stores and just everything being red, white, and green everywhere. And I'm just being pushed to buy, buy, buy. Like I don't, I don't enjoy it. And I, and I think it looks kind of tacky. And, um, so that's (laughs) like, I'm not a fan, but I, I I will say, I will say, I think I just went too hard on Christmas when I was younger that I kind of like burned out on decorating and all the colors and everything. But I will say, I do love twinkly lights outside and decorations outside just twinkly everything i'm definitely a sucker for that so yeah. that's my <laughs> that's my best food. maybe it's not a little grinchy but
0: <laughs> no it's it's oppressive the christmas colors and season it, it happening literally like um like it, as soon as Halloween is over, it's just it's oppressive. So I'm it's with you. It's too much. That it's too much.
1: It's too much. I'm even over like Christmas like presents. Like I don't even I don't nobody need you don't need to give me no, a Christmas. Nobody present. needs like, no <laughs> uh, no,
0: no, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so over that as well. Well, how do you get your calma when you're feeling all grinchy? How do you how do you get your calma?
1: Well, I'll just share my my calma for this week, um was uh enjoying my solo trip. So I did this trip to Oaxaca by myself. Impromptu, last minute, and it was it was it was sweet and it was grounding and it was calming, but it also required me to sort of let go of a few feelings. So, for example, I did get uh, so one night I did have dinner by myself at a, at a popular restaurant, and everybody else was in big groups, right? And so I was the only, and I was sitting. They gave me a table in like in the middle of all these big groups, and I definitely felt a little bit weird. I definitely saw people sort of looking at me a little bit, <laughs> and it was sort of working through a little bit of like that discomfort and just being like, you know what, like there's benefits to being here by myself and eating by myself because I feel like I had a different experience with the food. I ordered myself a little mezcal. I ordered myself some mole that had three different styles, like three different meats and also col- and like different types of moles. So I, I feel like I just had a more personal, passionate experience with my food and my and my drink, you know? <laughs>
0: I love that. You know, solo dates are underrated. Everybody take yourself on a solo date. It's super, it's, it's like so fun. No one's judging you because it's just you. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. And I also made, and I made friends, you know, like I I ended up making really beautiful friends because I did this by myself. So just my calma is just finding grounding and being by yourself and opening yourself up to different experiences when you're by yourself. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. So my matraca, my matraca goes to dreams, dreams. Sometimes they're they're telling you there's someone that you need a text and reach out to. So last night I uh, had a horrible night's sleep, actually, because we had our um, carbon monoxide detector go off. <laughs> so that's pretty scary to hear in the middle of the night. And so <sighs> we opened the windows. I mean, I think I think literally it was probably just out of batteries, but in, interrupted our sleep at like three in the morning. And so then I had very... Very uh, unsettling sleep, but when I have that, sometimes dreams come in, and I just had this dream about this friend that I that I love so much that I haven't been able to really hang out with for years, because you know, life. First of all, the pandemic made made it difficult to hang out with some of those friends that you were already seeing on a limited basis. Also, she's a parent, and and whether we like it or not, when people become parents, and you are not a parent. Your life, your paths, they're a little bit different. So I had not connected with her in a long time, but she appeared on my dreams and I was really thinking about her. And I reached out to her and her immediate response was like, oh my gosh, Brenda, I've been meaning to text you. Like, like it was just such a nice, brief connection. We reconnected, but you know, it, I, I guess my matraca is to listening to your dreams. They have messages.
1: Oh, que cute. Que cute. I love that. Um, ¿Y qué tal your, your basura?
0: So my basura is to uh, a feature that is missing from Zoom. So Zoom, if you're listening, let me sell you on a feature that you definitely need. (laughs) One is, I think it would be really nice if on Zoom, I could choose to not see your screen. Like if you just like, this isn't you, like, but let's just pretend I didn't want to see your face. (laughs) If you were showing your face, I wish I could just like select i don't want to see your face this isn't about you but this is about other people whose face i don't even want to see in the pintura, it would be great if i could do that oh my god i love that i don't want to see your face
2: oh
1: my god now you're inspiring all these other thoughts i'm like what if you could draw on people's faces
0: oh my gosh i would be more focused on this zoom call
1: You could draw like little, like if someone that you don't like, you could draw like little devil ears. and. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That would be so fun. Oh my (laughs) gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. All right. Okay. Okay. I got my calma. How
1: about your calma? What about your calma?
0: So my calma goes to Apple podcast reviews. They are so sweet. And I'm going to read one that we received. It says, I love Tamarindo for the fun and honest conversations on the issues where we are all living and working through. Relevant, sincere, and owning their power voice as well as vulnerabilities. We are all learning and figuring it out as we go, and Tamarindo is a resource I look to for tools to learn from, to help make the world a better place, and to remember to have fun and take care of myself along the way. Oh my gosh. Oh, that so is so beautiful. cute. And,
1: and we are figuring out along the way. And I think that's something that we tried to do on this podcast is like, we are learning and we're sharing what we're learning. And we're also sharing, being honest that we don't know all the things. And this. So, so I really appreciate, I really appreciate these reviews when they're like, yeah, that is what we're trying to do. Yes, y'all get it. That means we're doing, we're doing, we're doing good. We're doing good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much. And like, we've, we've mentioned this before, but literally, one of these reviews um, like this, that's like six months of fuel for us. We really appreciate yes. it. We, it like, thank you so much for taking the time to always reach out to us, writing your love notes. As I, we mentioned, too, we're, we're kind of wrapping up the season. We're going to head into our holiday break. So this is a really excellent time to get in contact with us, to think about partnership opportunities, to think about ways that we can collaborate and work together next year. So if you want to learn more about that, you can always email us at contact at tamarindopodcast.com. Contact at tamarindopodcast.com. You can always go to our website as well. If you go to forward slash sponsorship. You can learn a little bit more about that as well.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, with that, y'all, sending you abrazos, besos, and todo everything else.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Hasta la próxima. Ponte un sweater. Bye, y'all.
1: The Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Our producers are mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff
0: Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review the Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com.
2: Go to Shopify.com slash Sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Sonoro. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>